Hello, Phantom fans, and welcome to the Dump and Chase podcast 2023 main camp recap part seven. All right, I made it through that one without tripping over myself. So in this episode, he's back for the umpteenth time now. We're happy every time he comes on. And you'll hear it at one point. This one was a little awkward. It's the first time we've ever interviewed him in person. Uh, We talk to him, of course, in person all the time. But in an interview podcast show format, it's always been over uh, Zoom. Uh, This was the first time we actually had him in front of a microphone in the room with us. Of course, you know, we were all safe. We made sure we were all uh, not within, uh, you know, arm's distance of each other. So if if at any point anybody swung, uh, (laughs) everybody was out of reach. We did make sure of that beforehand. We didn't take an account for mic stands, though, did we? No, we did not. Uh, Those, yeah, (sighs) those mic stands were long. They could have done some damage. We didn't think about it. Yeah, yeah. Um, we, we may have to, everything worked out. We, we may have to go to headsets next year. Uh, <laughs> believe me, I had to drag that bag around. Those mic stand uh, bases were very heavy, especially when you pile them all together in the bottom of a bag. But anyways, you can tell uh, we've done this seven times now. We're completely running out of stuff to talk about. So without any further ado, here is part seven with Voice of the Phantoms, Matt Lipsack. Me rich shot. And scores. Oh, get in the fast lane, Grandma. The bingo game is ready to roll. And we're back here in the bowels of the Princecape Arena at South Point. And our next guest on the show, very good friend of the show, one of our favorite ratings bumps. And I, this is the first time I think we've ever talked to you in person. In person. Say, I, I hope you. I hope you set up the conference room last year here at Princecape, but I don't think I got on the air. I think I went, I was grabbing people for you, but I don't think I yeah. jumped on the air with you. <laughs> you, you, uh, Varner and Whitelaw, you were our, uh, you were our rabbits <laughs> there. So yeah, if, and just in case uh, you don't recognize that voice and at this point, how uh, that is voice of the Phantoms, Matt Lipsack. Matt, how we doing? I'm enjoying the uh, what has been the the first four weeks of of summer since the season ended, but it's still kind of hard to believe that the game three was just four weeks ago. I know it's that's you know that's what we talked about with everybody else, where the game's over, start celebrating, and then just in no time at all, here we are gearing up into next season. Yeah, it just it seems like it time has has absolutely flown. It's been a a very hectic month for me. Um, you know, just I'm very busy at my other job, so haven't really had much of a chance to just kind of sit back and, and relax really <laughs> at all for the past four weeks. And of course, having uh, two young children under the age of six will do that to you as well. Now we go back to game three and we, you know, we even used it uh, as the intro to uh, our last show, uh, the re- you know, uh, recapping all of that. Uh, you talking to Mark Means about, you know, what your call at the end of the game would be and then what I think has been replayed a million times by now on social media, on YouTube, everybody who's made any type of video, any type of anything has that call included in it. I I mean, was that a decision you came to the top of the mountain? Did you, did you come up with that beforehand or was that just in the moment? I guess a little bit beforehand, I started thinking about it. I mean, obviously, uh, in Sorbonne scores that goal very early in the third period. Mm -hmm. And so maybe about the 10 minute mark, I started thinking about, Okay, they were, this this could go our way. What what's it gonna be? And just you know, kind of started thinking about it. Well, championships, mountaintops, love the view. So that's uh, the, I think it I think it came out okay. So was there any rejected ideas or? I I didn't really have a whole lot of time to <laughs> to reject anything. Obviously, um, you know, very busy third period, lots of flow. Uh, at least in the middle part of the period, I remember the th- 
beginning part of the third period being very choppy. Um, I remember there being a ton of flow in the first period, too. Like, didn't we only have one media timeout in the first period? Yeah, yeah. There's a ton of flow in the first period. But, yeah, I, so didn't really have have much time to reject anything. So that's uh, the, that's where we landed. And like I said, I think it turned out okay. All right. How long have you been with the team now? So I have been with the team for 13 of their 14 completed seasons. I've been the play-by-play broadcaster for seven of them. Not yet. 15 years since you started, because I know somebody else threw that number out. So not not quite 15 yet, but 15 since you started. Right. Um. What I had to leave. I mean, not leave, but I, I wasn't with the team in the 10-11 uh, season. And then I came back halfway through the 11-12 season because uh, they lost my phone number. <laughs> 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 they um, you know, Matt Matt Geico left over the summer after the uh, the inaugural season. And then nobody had my phone number in the office. Then when Matt came back in the uh, 11-12 season as the voice of the Lumberjacks and Bart Logan was now the play-by-play guy, I said, you know, Matt, can you give Bart my phone number? And the rest is history. Okay, so we're blaming Matt for that. We're blaming Matt Geica for everything. Okay. And I'm sure he listens to this all the time, so probably not. I, I, make, sure, <laughs> I make sure to give Matt credit and blame or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> when, when it's due. So, I mean, you get down to, the, I mean, game three is over final horn which you were responsible for um <laughs> we keep talking about the final horn with everybody else you're the one that actually sets off the <laughs> that set off the final horn i'm, so. I'm the one that, that has the power of the goal horn yes yeah. it is a it is a great and terrible burden <laughs> uh, and as they do say with great power comes great responsibility but i mean after all these years you know and you sit there and think it's gonna happen someday but more often than not it's like okay maybe next season maybe next season i mean I mean, I mean, you have to broadcast, you have that to deal with, you know, with everything else. But I mean, what's going through your head when that clock hits zero and it's like after all these years, it's finally happened. It was a pretty awesome feeling. I'm, I'm not going to lie. Just, you know, thinking, you know, hey, the, the guys did it. You know, I was here and, you know, just something incredible happened. And I was, you know, just happy to be a part of it. <laughs> no, I lost my train of thought. Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> so glad you're here it was nice of you to invite him <laughs> um yeah so it's wow lost my train of thought there making me nervous sitting in front of me <laughs> just sit here and stare at you that's how about pretty, that that's pretty much what maddie did <laughs> <laughs> just gonna sit here and stare yeah i mean yeah okay so you go through that initial everything else there's all the partying afterwards there you know the celebration everything going on after that when you finally get that mo you know whether you're in your car or it's like just that first moment where you're by yourself it's quiet at that point i mean what's going through your head at that point once you're kind of away from it and you're alone with your thoughts i mean i guess for for stars like you said there was not a whole lot of quiet yeah. uh that that first night um probably not until about 5 a.m <laughs> um but still it, it was really just kind of you know wow the guys did it I, I hope that, you know, what I brought to the table um, was sufficient for the moment. And every, I mean, I've, I've gotten some good feedback, so hopefully, you know, that'll last. It, I, I, you understood the assignment. I, I, I like to think so. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that seems to be the general consensus. I haven't heard otherwise. I mean, you've been around the team as long as you have all the different incantations of it, the different personnel, you know, and you have the best vantage point in the house. To an extent, uh, compared compared to the rest of us, maybe not to other broadcasters. But, okay, there we uh, go. Compared to the rest of us, um, I mean, to you, what was it about this team 
compared to very good teams in the past or just what was it about this team i think a couple of different things one i think in, they were incredibly fast that that was part of it was the team speed was something a lot of teams couldn't keep up with uh two just super aggressive on the four check um teams had a hard time getting it out of their own zone and then we would also shut them down in the neutral zone as well so really it was puck possession team speed and then really something that you didn't always notice but if you paid attention to the stats you would have picked up on shots per game and then shots against per game uh near the top in both categories so obviously when you're possessing the puck you're shooting more you're uh obviously going to score more goals so the those few things i think maybe what made this team a lot different than previous versions now i know that 08 yeah the 08 09 yeah oh seven oh eight team that went to the clark cup final they were also up there in shots allowed and shots suppressed but i don't think that they had the the speed that this team had and i don't think that they had the defensive intensity that this team had either because the defensive intensity also just off the charts willingness to block shots willingness to go into the corner and get pucks and get going the other direction uh, I don't know that we have seen a team like that in Youngstown really playing either side, you know, for, you know, for us or against us. Um, maybe one of the great teams that I've seen in the 15 years coming into this building. And then when you get through the defense, through the four check, you have to beat Jacob Fowler. He's good. Jacob Fowler is going to go far in, in hockey. <laughs> Um, he, he's very, very good. Like, uh, like you guys said, there needs to be a statue of him outside the Cavelli Center of a certain proportion. Yeah. And I <laughs> completely agree with that sentiment. <laughs> we're we're going to start building a dock down into the water to hold everything. <laughs> you know, and we talked about, you know, in our last episode that the Phantoms going through the playoffs this year, it's like each series was kind of learning something that you could put together when you got to the finals. You talk about, you know, the offense, like having to play against a tough of a defense that Cedar Rapids was. And then the defense, you know, having to defend against that Chicago offense. And then you get to the finals with Fargo, who was basically a mix of the two of them. Well, like like you guys pointed out, you know, Cedar Rapids, obviously very stern uh, defensively. And then not only that, they're going to step up, they're going to hit you. And then if you can get past them, Bruno Preveris is waiting in net. <laughs> yeah. Um, Chicago, you have to stop them. You're not going to have much trouble getting through the neutral zone. But then Christian Manns is waiting in net. Mm -hmm. Fargo, we, we didn't have too much trouble getting through. But then you had Marinoff and Castro in net. So the Phantoms really had to run a gambit of very skilled goaltenders in the playoffs. Uh, but luckily for the Phantoms, we have seen them get bit by the hot playoff goalie. Youngstown had the hot playoff yeah, goal. And, <laughs> and, yeah, and that's exactly what we said. Every year, it's, you know, it's the Simon Latkozies of the world that, as good as we are, we just run into that one guy, you know, and we saw what Madison did last season, making that run to the finals based off, of, well, almost solely off of his play, I guess we can say. But then this year, yeah, it's, we've got that guy, you know, we've got that guy in net. And and I really do think it, it helps getting our clock clean in game two against Chicago little bit mm -hmm. of a wake-up call there yeah yeah uh, and I, you you saw the the results in games uh three and four back in Youngstown and then really it just kind of they carried that momentum throughout the rest of the playoffs really like this is the way we have to play 
and it led us to the promised land. Yeah, and you talk about nine playoff games. That was the only game where Fowler allowed more than two goals. I mean, Ryan Ward has said it on more than one occasion. Uh, Jacob Fowler is the best goaltender in the world of his age. He said, I will die on that hill. I will be standing right next to Ryan. Have you got to see Jacob today? He's been walking around all weekend. I, I, I got to, to see him a couple of times, yeah. <laughs> it's like, how many times can I say goodbye to you? Like, what's going on here? But no. Uh, <laughs> and any little bit of extra time we get with Jacob Fowler, I'm not going to complain about. Yeah, hope, hopefully uh, Boston College's schedule will bring them uh, out, I guess, west. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because I, I think last year, I, I don't know that they had, uh, they only had one home series that was more than like 300 miles away from campus when they went out to Arizona State over new year's eve all of the rest of their games were in maine vermont new hampshire connecticut rhode island and then of course in massachusetts they might have gone to to new york uh maybe out to cornell for one or two but other than that they really did not leave new england so really not a whole lot of opportunity i know a couple of years ago they went out to notre dame and uh, i was going to go out to to see uh them play and uh, catch a game for for trevor kuntar while he was still in college but that series in Notre Dame got called off because of a COVID uh, violation so uh, ended up not getting to, to see Boston College yeah that you know and we talked about going you know me and my wife we talked about going up to Potsdam New York going up to Clarkson you know uh, going up there seeing Trey Taylor and it's like you look at their schedule they don't go west at all it's like they you know it's already a seven eight hour drive out there from po- here Potsdam is in the middle of nowhere and it's you know it's yeah. way out there and then it's like they just keep all their games they just move further east to play like they don't move this direction at all I mean I, I feel bad for for teams in their league that have to bus out there because that is the middle of nowhere yeah you know talking about former players going to see them everything else um you know th- this crop of guys that won the cup the ones that are leaving who's the, I mean who are the ones you're gonna miss um gonna miss Fouls uh gonna miss Shane Lachance um gonna miss Andon Serbone gonna miss Andrew Sandrella you know great that uh that Justin Varner's back here in camp uh gonna miss William Whitelaw assuming that he's not coming back and is going to be starting his freshman year at Wisconsin um Really, I'm, I'm just going to miss all of them. They're not only are they great hockey players that are fun to watch, but really just a great group of, group of guys and a whole ton of fun to be around. And then we and you and that's the kind of the funny thing. It, we're we're so used to so many players leaving at the end of the season. I mean, you know, there at one point I heard the number thrown out like a 75 percent turnover rate for most like on average in the league from season to season. You know, with them deciding to go as young as they did, and you know, and they're even talking about this season. You know the Phantoms may very well again be the youngest team in the league. I, I mean, and and again, the of course going to miss Nick Williams too. He was our only twenty-year-old yeah. on the roster. Yeah, uh, and what a great guy Nick is. Great hockey player, even better person. But yeah, you you look at the Phantoms' birth years and the number of O threes that could have come back this this upcoming season. And yeah, there's you know there could still be you know more than one overager mm-hmm. on the roster this year but still there's a ton of 04s there's a ton of 05s there's going to be a few 06s there might even be an 07 mixed in there so yeah the phantoms could still be young fast and hungry that is kind of one of the um the the disadvantages of success um players tend to move on quicker but, uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, you talk about somebody like Tori Pittner, who was no six, joined the team in, I want to say, November. Right around uh, Thanksgiving. Yeah, yeah, right around Thanksgiving. Spent the rest of the season, all the playoffs with I mean, he's no six. And 
Tory acquitted himself very, very well was I think from the time that he started was near the tops and plus minus. Now say what you want about the plus minus yeah. stat, but you know we don't have access to the the advanced analytics yeah. for the league. So plus minus is what we have. Tory Pittner's plus minus was very good. Plus minus is one of those things nobody cares about unless it's really high or really low. Right. <laughs> if you're kind of middling towards zero, then yeah, no, nobody cares about that stat. But you know, now you know, now we're coming in. You know, we're at camp. You know, you got the returners. You got all these new guys coming in. I mean, what I mean, what would you think? Kind of like some of these guys coming in that they're coming into a team that just less than a month ago won the Clark Cup, and now they're coming into this team. They're coming into this culture. I mean, I mean, what do you imagine it's like for these guys? You know, we see these com- kids coming in fighting for spots every year. Now they're coming in fighting for spots on a championship team. Well, I, I think first and foremost, you have to look to the veterans to say, okay, we've been to the top of the mountain. You follow us. So that that's the first thing is, you know, you're going to have to look to your leaders. And, you know, you've got uh, returning players who wore letters last year, like Andrew Strathman and Justin Varner are here at camp. And, you know, those guys need to lead. And these younger kids, okay, need to watch how these guys perform on and off the ice and say, okay, I want to be like them so that I can go where they have been already. And then by the same token, the veterans need to say, I've been to the top of the mountain. I need your help to get me back there. Now, coming into this offseason, are we going to see the return of ghost stories for another year? I'm going to give it a shot. Um, I know I've talked to Matthias Scholl about coming on, and Scholl, he's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Uh, for anybody that does not remember Matthias Scholl, he's absolutely hilarious. Um, maybe going to try to sit down with Ryan Ward here in the, the upcoming week after camp, see if I can you know, get his thoughts on you know, what ended up being a very nice season in, in camp. I'm sure that now that we're a month separated from it, Ward will probably have some, some nice thoughts to share with us. But, yeah, I've... You know, at least talk to Matias Schultz, see if I can get a couple others lined up. Um, you know, I haven't gotten to talk to Riley Funk in a while. So, yeah, I, w- I would love to maybe bring back a, a few episodes over the summer. What's when you're because, I mean, you had a good handful of like current NHL players that you've talked to. I mean, how much how much of a task is that? Because it's it's not as simple as just going to the person themselves. It helps when they are responsive to their Instagram messages. <laughs> um, you, you know, I've I've reached out to a couple of clubs to to try to get time, and you know, don't get answers. And you know, that is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you know, when the, when people are responsive to their Instagram DMs, it's it's also very helpful. And then you know, part of it is them saying yes, and then the other part of it is trying to work something out uh, time zone wise because I know when I spoke to Ivan Prozvitev, he was back in Russia. Yeah. So that that was like nine, 10 hour difference. And so that was interesting trying to work out when I could talk to him. I think I ended up doing it like first thing in the morning one day on my day off. But for him, it was like six o'clock at night. So yeah, time zones kind of play into it too. But you know, it, it helps when, you know, especially when for the, the players that I have been their broadcaster. They're, you know, they're, they're a little more responsive. Some of the older guys, uh, unfortunately, you know, they have no idea who I am, even though I've been around, so they, they don't get back to me, which is, is fine. <laughs> All right. Uh, so to wrap this up, uh, if you want to maybe give a little bit of a scouting report here, you, we talk about the returners and everything else. I, who are you looking at to step up this next season? Who would you like to see step up this next season? I'm looking for a big season from Justin Varner just for no other reason than I love his game and – I think he probably wanted to score more goals last season, but I still thought Justin had a great year last year, but I think he's probably thinking, 
I can do better, and I'd love to see him do better. Um, would love to see Andrew Strathman score more goals. He put up a huge point total. Uh, I'd love to see him score more goals. I love goal scoring. You know, goal scoring is fun. Goal scoring gets me going. Anybody that has listened to me call a game knows I love when goals are scored. Um, especially when there's eight or nine of them in a game. Especially that, when there's the eight or nine. Yeah, that, that makes my job a lot of fun when there's eight or nine goals in and, a game. In the, in the first game of a three-game weekend. And with with uh, with Zach Lauren coming in, we could put up eight or nine <laughs> goals a game. Uh, absolutely. Um, I, I think um, I'd love to see... Uh, Colin Wynn get some more time in net and you know see what he can do with that I would love to I'm not even gonna say Colin needs to have a better season because Colin was outstanding last season the fans had probably outside of Fargo numbers wise they had probably arguably the top goal pretending tandem in the league so Colin Wynn he's gonna have a great season I can't wait to watch it all right I'll actually just thought of one more are we keeping the lipper cam for next season I've heard rumors it might stick around it is out of my control, but if they want to keep it around, I'm game. And maybe with a heavier base so it doesn't fall over. <sighs> <laughs> maybe a few less rambunctious people in the in the GM box, Jason Deskins. <laughs> right. For anybody that doesn't know the story, they had a basically a webcam pointed at you the entire game on the uh, Western Reserve radio feed, uh, pointed at you the entire game while you were calling it and fell over uh, with 10 seconds left in the third period. <laughs> Yeah, just as I'm ramping up for the final call, my my, my arms were in the air. Uh, you know, when Hunter Bischoff gets that clear, and like I'm standing there with my arms are in the air, my eyes are closed, and there's no there's no shot of it. I I mean, you're a member of the Heart Rate Club. That last shot on Fowler, I wasn't worried about it. It, it didn't. It wasn't a dangerous looking shot. But anything at the net. Anything at the net. You don't want anything going to the net, but we've obviously we've seen, we've seen goofier goals. We have in the finals against Fargo. So I mean, you you just don't know. But I mean, that's you know that's that's Nick Lindstrom final seconds 09 against Mark Andre Fleury. Yeah. That thing's getting blocked. It's going the other direction. The game's over. Yeah. All right. Well, Matt, thank you so much for jumping on. Thanks for having me, boys. No problem. Always a pleasure. Ladies and gentlemen, you got it, Elvis has just left the building all right and there you have it again it's always such a thrill to have matt on the show it almost reaches a point like what do we have left to talk about we we talk to each other enough as it is we were talking to him before this interview we talked to him throughout the rest of the day after this interview (laughs) who have talked to him since it's i mean basically we just drug him into the room and turned on the recorder and went mostly as normal well, I mean, dragging people in the room got easier once you uh, went out and purchased that blow dart gun. It was a lot easier to drag people in. You know, uh, uh, getting the anesthesia was the hard part. But, you know, uh, over there in Washington, uh, you know. <laughs> Just ran back to your motel and grabbed some. Uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I could have got some ketamine somewhere around Okay, there. Th- this conversation is going down a very dangerous path really <laughs> yeah. quickly. Edit, edit. <laughs> We only got one more of these to do. Seemed like a good idea when we started. Um, Uh, (laughs) All right. So, yeah, that does it for part seven and the grand finale of this entire thing. Part eight. Uh, We will be having a chat in part eight with, again, somebody we love having on the show. Been a little while since he's been on. I'm always happy to have him. Phantoms uh, team president, Andrew Goldman. And as a bonus, and uh, we did none of the dragging in this one, Andrew decided to drag Miles Gunty along with him. <laughs> uh, Basically grabbed him out of the hallway. 
Uh, so somebody, you know, Miles Gunty, somebody who played a huge part in uh, games one and two of the finals up in Fargo, you know, got to have a chat with him, uh, you know, talking about his injury uh, being out most of the season, kind of what it took for him to get back, uh, not only to get back to get into game shape and then to do what he did in the finals. Uh, so we'll have uh, Miles for uh, a few minutes at the beginning. He had an all, he had an all star game to get to, so we couldn't keep him very long. Uh, and then continued on our conversation with Andrew, which again, you know, just like Matt, Andrew is somebody that even if we don't have anything to talk about, we could probably still sit there and just hit record and go for two hours straight uh, before yeah, before does. before somebody finally has to go to the bathroom or something, leaves the room and doesn't come back. <laughs> yeah, I think that's why we kind of brought them in for the last parts yeah all right so again that will do it for this one and we'll we'll see you all back in part eight bye now last one last one last one this is gonna be a bitch to edit (laughs) this is gonna be 16 files it's gonna be eight intros and eight outros that i'm gonna have to split this up into 16 files all right last one